book of Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, welcome to worship at Calvary. We're thankful that you chose to join us. If you're here in person or online, we are excited about worshiping. Thank you, Pastor Dwight, for being here this morning. We're praying that God just brings the right person to our church family that will help lead and worship each and every Sunday as we gather as a church family. We're looking forward to how God answers that prayer. What comes to mind when you think about customer service or companies that do a fantastic job with customer service? If you're like me, our family is a, a big Disney, we're big Disney buffs, and Walt Disney World comes across as the number one, they are the industry leader and standard in customer service. When you go from the moment you arrive, I mean, it's just, it makes you happy. You're smiling, you're, it's the happiest place on earth, and, and you gather uh, with your family, with friends, and uh, it's just amazing how the music is just right, the lighting is just right, the, the smell is just right, and I recently heard of a church, they have a certain smell that they infuse into the room, and it just gives that, that sense of, uh, uh, of calmness and peace and all, who knows what, what all they're do, actually putting into the room. But when you gather for worship, you think about you know, church, what makes it so exciting? You think about food, you think about Chick-fil-A, and they, as far as fast food, they are like an industry leader. In fact, the other day we were at a, a different uh, drive through restaurant in town, and the person said, my pleasure, and my son kind of chuckled in the back seat, and he said, they must have gotten fired from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> he said, they, 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 that's the Chick-fil-A's line, and I'm like, they should train other uh, company corporate executives on the, the service industry because they, they set a standard. We went to Biltmore a few years ago at the Christmas time and did their Christmas candlelight tour, and uh, it was neat just to see the level of excellence that they uh, provided a certain service, and as we were going through there, and they were talking to some of the people, they said, you know, uh, when they when the people are born into that family, the Vanderbilt family, they said they're not automatically guaranteed a job in the in the company. They said they have to go out and get a degree, and they have to work in the private industry, service industry, for two years before they can get hired on. They said the majority of their uh, family members go to the Disney company. And they work at Walt Disney World for a couple of years, and they learn how, they, how to treat people, and they learn the service industry, and then they're able to come on staff there. I love serving. I love service. I love how God has called us to serve our city and our community with the gospel. Serving is the act of putting the needs of others before our own. Think about for just a moment, uh, think about what it's like uh, in church life. If you want to make an exponential impact on the lives of others, lives of others, you have to get involved in their lives. You have to build relationships. You have to invest in people. And I'm a big person about investing in live people's lives. It's not just a program. It's not just a youth ministry. But invest in the individual lives of people, and you'll see an exponential impact for the cause of the gospel. This morning, we're looking at the, the exponential series at people who are minor characters in Scripture. But yet God used them to make a major impact with the gospel. And last, last week we looked at King Josiah. This morning we're looking at the story of Tabitha in Acts chapter 9 and how God would use her in exponential ways. And I want to invite you to go to our text in Acts chapter 9 beginning in verse 36. It says, there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. Those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her up in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. 
So Peter rose and went with them. When he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. Peter put them all aside and knelt down and prayed, and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. Word of God says she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and raised her up. The calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive, and it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts this morning? God, there may be some this morning who have come with a heavy burden. Maybe this morning they, they are they're weighed down with the cares of this life, and, and they're, they're needing a, uh, to hear from, from heaven this morning. They need a touch from heaven. God, I pray you would meet them right where they're at, and God, you'd minister to them grace and mercy and strength. Lord, I pray for those who do not have a, a personal relationship with you. Maybe they've experienced religion and found it cold and dead, but this morning they are a searching for a relationship. They want that peace and joy. I pray this morning would be that moment of decision that they understand, place their faith and trust in you for salvation. God, we are excited about opening the Word of God and, and learning and growing in a relationship with you. Would, would you challenge us in the area of service? God, would you challenge our mindset this morning? Maybe we're thinking, you know what, my, my days of service are in the past. And, and I'm thinking of what I did years ago when my kids were little. I'm thinking what I did as a, as a teenager. But no, our, our greatest days of ministry and service are ahead of us. Uh, our, the best is yet to come. I pray that this morning as we wrap our minds around the, the, the gospel and what you want to accomplish, God, would you do a mighty work in our midst this morning. We'll be careful to praise you, give you all the glory and honor and praise in your precious name we pray. God's people said, amen. What an incredible story. The life of service of Tabitha, she had an a, a exponential impact on the early church at Acts because she knew what it was to be a faithful servant of God. And we see, first of all, we must acknowledge that God has given me gifts to serve him. If we look at the, the spiritual gifts uh, here in verse 36, we see that Tabitha was a, a lady of, of many gifts. God had blessed her, blessed her and gifted her. And she, the, she was a disciple named Tabitha. And she was full of good works and acts of charity. In other words, God was using her to impact the local church setting. And she was making an impact on everyone's life that she touched. And the ability that she had to, to recognize God has given me certain gifts. I want to utilize those to make the church of Jesus Christ stronger. God hasn't given us gifts this morning just to sit back to, to make us look better. But they're about advancing ultimately the kingdom of God. He, he's given us gifts to serve others, to utilize within the local church. So in verse 36 it says there's a disciple in Joppa named Tabitha. There was something interesting about her because it also gives her Greek name Dorcas, which was changed from Tabitha Dorcas because before she came to faith in Christ, she wasn't living for God, obviously, and there wanted to be a, a, a change in who she was, kind of like Saul, his name was changed to Paul as he came in and met Christ on the road to Damascus, and his life was radically transformed. See, before she was a follower of Jesus, she was selfish, but now that she has met Christ, she's a faithful servant of the Most High God. Spiritual gifts are spiritual attributes that are given by the Holy Spirit of God to use in service within the local church. I love that God has uniquely equipped each one of us 
It, it may be playing the keyboard or, or singing. It might be out front greeting uh, or, or waving the hand uh, in a Mickey Mouse uh, glove when people are coming into the parking lot. But folks, God has gifted us uniquely to serve the body of Christ and to impact our city and the world with the gospel. Spiritual gifts are given to us from God. It's a gift from God. And we don't do anything to earn it. We don't choose the gifts that we want. They're equally valuable in God's eyes. In other words, so when God looks around, he's not saying, well, that person is less vital. They're just as important in the body of Christ as the person beside them. The person who has a lead vocal part is just as important as the person who's passing out flyers or, or, or cleaning the, 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 uh, uh, the, the toilets in the bathroom or, or cleaning the, the, the water fountains or cleaning up the, the coffee out here after a Sunday morning gathers for worship. What they're saying is each one of those gifts are vital to the local New Testament church. You see, God sees all the gifts. He sees them as useful to the body of Christ. But then secondly, we, we're supposed to use those gifts within the context of the local New Testament church. A spiritual gift is given to us to help out the entire church, to make it stronger, to make it richer, to make it a, a broader scope of outreach. And so I want you to turn to the person beside you, the person that's sitting right beside you or maybe across the aisle and, and look at them and, and tell them you are gifted, all right? Look at the person beside you. You are gifted. You are gifted, all right? So what's going to happen is as you go throughout the, the message this morning, I want you to think about the gifts that God has uniquely gifted you with. Think about what God has blessed you with. And, and, and during the course of the, the service this morning, hopefully, if you don't know what those spiritual gifts are, hopefully you'll begin to discover them. If you've not taken starting point uh, just a little over a month from today on August 29th, we're going to be taking our start next starting point class. We'd like to invite you to be a part of that and hear ways that you can plug in and make a meaningful impact in the local church body. But think of, uh, of the time in your life that you felt energized. Think of a time in your life where you felt like you were on top of your game. You were being creative. You were innovative. And you were in the zone. And, and where were you at? Maybe it was at work. Maybe it was in college. Maybe it was on a sports team. Maybe it was in the local church. But think of the times that you felt like you were thriving in your lane. You, you, you really got into that place where you were thriving in your life. Think about what it would look like this morning at the Church of Jesus Christ if each one of us got off the bench and got into the game, got some skin in the game and started saying, you know what, I want to be a part of a church that's reaching and radically changing our city with the gospel. What happens is you and I can't just sit back and coast. I love what Dwight said this morning. He said, hey, uh, raise your right hand if you love Jesus. And raise your left hand. And because some of us have never lifted our hands in worship. I mean, it's like, I dare you. I dare you to excite me. I dare you to impress me. I dare you to. But what happens is we've got to get up out of our comfort zone. The first time I raised my hand in worship, I felt like, I mean, the entire world was watching like, you know, I've, I've done something wrong. I mean, how dare you lift your hand in worship? But it was just more the way I was brought up. But folks, what happens is as we get into the game, we start stepping outside of the areas that we're comfortable in and experiencing the power of God transforming lives. I want to be a church, I'll be a part of a church where life change is evident. Life change is taking place radically before our eyes. And so we, we see about the times of being creative. What would it look like? 
How did you feel? What was the, the feelings going through your mind? And your spiritual gift and your abilities are going to line up with how God has naturally gifted you. As, as a musician, it would be difficult to never touch a, a piano in worship. Why? Because that's a natural gifting that God gave me. But he also gave me desire. I was, uh, as a child, I probably drove my sisters and my parents insane. But when I was like three and four years old, we'd drive in the car and the little armrest, you know, the part that pulls down in the middle. I would be acting like I was playing the piano and I'm humming a song. And they're probably like, would you please turn it off? I mean, shut up. I mean, stop the, the noise. But I was playing. And from the earliest ages, age of my life that I remember, I remember wanting to play in church and, and desiring to be a part of leading worship in church. But you see, what happens is, is God has uniquely gifted each one of us. I watched Tiagas, who's been in our church just since Easter, back there running some of the video and stuff in, in our church and doing it with excellence. Why? Because that's where his gifts are. That's where he, God has blessed him and he's using them for the glory of God, even though he's only been in the church three months. What happens is, as we plug in, God has some unique things. I want you to look at some of these gifts I'm going to put on the screen. The gift of administration. If your boss uh, or, or some of your friends, hear, you hear the phrase, we need to get organized, and people start getting excited around you, you're like, people actually get excited about organization? Well, you probably have the gift of administration. And, and so these people see a, a, a crowded room or a, a crowded office, and they start seeing, I think we can organize this and better be more efficient in this area. God has gifted you in the gift of administration, the gift of encouragement. You look around and you see people who need an encouraging word, someone to pray with them, come alongside of them, and you send a, a text that's a word of encouragement. So from time to time, people will encourage me as their pastor, and they say, Pastor, I want you to, you were on my heart this morning, and I was praying for you. And maybe they'll say something, can I pray specifically for something you, about this morning? Last night, uh, you asked me, and texted me, and said, hey, Pastor, would you pray for this specific request? in my life and I love that because it's a way to encourage that person and allow them to know that they're loved the gift of giving God has called all of us to give and that's part of the command of a believer of Christ but folks what happens is some people go over and above their tithe and their, their sacrificial and giving and God has uniquely gifted them in the area of giving the, the area of teaching you like to study the Bible and maybe uh, God has given you a love for seeing people grow in their faith and you want to lead a Bible study or a life group, a small group, and you begin to invest in the lives of other people and you see what, how God is using that in the area of teaching. The gift of evangelism, it's similar to the gift of giving because God has called us all in Acts chapter 1 to be witnesses and go out and, to, and reach people with the gospel. And he says, I'm going to give you the power to become the witness that I've called you to be, but others have a real gift of evangelism, being able to share their faith in a unique way. The gift of hospitality is also people that uh, open up their home and, and, and people who uh, are hosting good parties. You say, well, you know what? I hosted good parties before I came to faith in Christ. Well, probably the, one of the differences is now the cops don't show up at your parties that you're hosting at your uh, Christian and following Jesus Christ, but you're still good at throwing parties. I mean, and I'm, what I'm saying that with all sincerity, what happens is you begin to open your life to people, invite them into your world and, and, and show relationships. The gift of mercy. 
the gift of being a good listener, being empathetic, and coming alongside people who are hurting and in need and encouraging them and lifting them up and, and meeting them and trying to seek and minister to them. The gift of serving. I look all across our church on any given weekend and they're faithful servants of God who aren't getting paid, but yet God is using them to serve the local church body and make an impact with the gospel. You see what happens, Tabitha was a faithful servant. She wasn't on stage with a microphone, but what happens is she was faithful where God had gifted her. She was in her lane. She was finding the place of ministry that God had uniquely equipped her to accomplish. And she was faithful in using that for the glory of God. So we must acknowledge that God has given us certain gifts to use within the kingdom. Go back over that list and what are one or two things that God has uniquely equipped you to do? What is it that he's, he's called you to accomplish? And as, you're, as I was describing them, maybe you're saying, you know what, that's kind of me. That's where I fit. That's where I fall. What if you begin to use those gifts more in 2021 within the local church? What if God began to uniquely use you to serve within the local New Testament church? Usually your first inclination uh, is, is correct. And what happens is, as you identify that spiritual gift, you need to put it into practice. Recognizing that gift, and don't just sit back, but find a way to use it within the local New Testament church. Secondly, we must be, be proactive in using my serving gifts. I must not only identify them, but I must be proactive in utilizing them within the church. Discovering our gift is good, but it's a great place to start, but what it, when it really becomes fun is when I start plugging in and utilizing it within the local church. You've got to start using our character today, Tabitha, begin to make uh, clothes, coats and tunics and garments for people in need. She began to see a need within the church of poor people who needed certain things and she could provide that and meet that need and make, the, make that uh, clothing for them. So she started doing this for people that were poor and needy. And what happens is God honors that attitude of someone who says, where's the need and how can I meet that need? Where can I serve to meet that need? Someone who says, if there's an opportunity for me to serve, how can I be obedient to meet that need? You see, that's the attitude and opportunity uh, of obedience, where God begins to utilize us within his service. God honors that when you're obedient with the opportunity he gives you, he begins to honor it in a couple different ways. He gives you uh, a clarity. He clarifies your spiritual gift. But folks, even beyond that, I love to see what, as he's uniquely gifted us, he empowers us with the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish what he's called us to do. Maybe you're sitting here and you say, Pastor David, I could never lead a small group. Maybe you can't. But you know what? You could serve maybe in a children's classroom, and maybe you can teach on a level where younger kids are sitting there. Maybe adults are too intimidating, but you love working with children. And you can sit there in a room with, with 20, 15, 20 kids sitting in a circle, and you're sharing the same stories of the gospel from God's word, and you do so on a level that kids can understand, and they hear and understand. Melissa is going to have that opportunity to do that here next weekend. Uh, in Nicaragua, and utilize that gift that God has given her for teaching for the glory of God. He provides more and more opportunities to serve as we begin to engage in the process of making disciples. 
This morning, we think about some of the opportunities that God has given us as a church. There's a first impressions team. When you think about what happens on a given Sunday, the people that are standing at the front doors, they didn't just walk up and say, well, I guess I'll start greeting. No, someone trained them. Someone stood beside them and showed them what to do, and they helped teach them. They're praying with them. They're encouraging them. The people at the front desk, someone's got to teach them you know, what's going on and how to connect. And the, the people that are greeted, they're seating people and ushers and parking attendants. Someone has trained them and helped encouraging them in the process. And, and some of you maybe are sitting down there saying, I could do that. We want to talk to you. We want to help you get plugged in and finding that place of service on a first impression team. Maybe the worship team. This morning, as you were singing in worship, hours of practice went in behind the scenes to help lead worship this morning. And you might be sitting there saying, well, Pastor, I can play keys. Well, we'd love to talk with you. I can, I can play a guitar. I can play the drums. I can play an instrument. God has uniquely gifted you. We want to talk to you. In hiring a worship pastor, they're going to be looking for more talent and looking for more people to plug in in the worship ministry. The tech team, what happens on these screens does not happen by accident. It's not one of those, it's not a big bang and a, a big explosion and all of that. Sometimes it feels like an explosion but in practice, but uh, you'll sit there. And, but what happens is God uniquely gifts people with the ability to troubleshoot and to make it so that you that are watching online will watch next week or next month this service will see it and you can follow along uh, in, your, in your home or in your car. So that tech team is vital. Maybe you have that knowledge and the ability to, to make things happen in that way. Children's ministry, every Sunday it takes lots and lots of volunteers who are willing to say, I'm going to miss the worship experience this morning so other people can worship in my place. I'm going to be a part of sharing the gospel on the level of a child. And, you know, having four kids... I remember many, many times our kids coming home from nursery at two years old and they're, they're already singing or they're talking about something that they saw at church or heard at church. And as a four-year-old, they're riding in the car home from church and they're singing a song that they learned about Jesus that morning. It does my heart good because they're reinforcing what we're teaching them and telling them at home. And coming alongside them as a children's ministry worker, teaching them Bible verses and and stories and truths from God's Word helps establish their faith. Student ministry, you saw the video just a few moments ago, Pastor Jackson, as he leads those leaders, they are investing in the lives of our teenagers. Now I'm telling you, there's a lot of things that are leading our teenagers in the wrong direction today, but I'm thankful that people invest their lives in student ministry, and they're willing to serve and pray for them, encourage them, Call them out. I want a leader who's going to call my son or my daughter out when they're walking away from God, when they're making decisions that are leading them astray. I want them to help guide them and steer them back because maybe mom and dad, they're not listening to us as much. And so they're going to have leaders who are praying for them and encouraging them. And you have a passion for student ministry. Talk to, to Jackson and, and allow him to encourage you. And he'd love to talk with you how you can plug in and serve in student ministry. Maybe a life group leader is something you're interested in. First step, I'd say, is get plugged into a life group. Begin learning and growing, and let's talk with you about uh, starting your own, launching your own life group, and how you can invest in the lives of others. A mission team. Over the years, we have taken mission teams to, to 
countries and continents all over the world. And it's awesome to see the hand of God at work in a, a country like Nicaragua. And the first time I went there, it forever changed the way I saw ministry. Because for the first time, it wasn't even in my language. I was the outsider. I was the, the white man. I was the person who was the, the minority. And, and people saw me differently. And, and I see their culture. And I see how little they have and how much they were thankful for what God had blessed them with. And as we gathered for worship, there was a commonality when you started singing Amazing Grace that every single person could gather. It didn't matter if it was English or Spanish and, and traveling to India and singing and some of their languages and dialects, it's absolutely awesome to experience the power of God. And seeing people saved in that context, folks, the love and the excitement of understanding who Jesus is and seeing the light bulb turn on for them to understand that Jesus Christ died. And I remember shedding, standing in a, in a village in, in India, northeast India, and I was the only white man they had ever seen. And they're sitting there eating out of my hand, so to speak. And I, I remember sharing the good news of the gospel. And a 91-year-old lady accepted Christ as her Savior. I'll never forget that. You say, why? Because I realized that God brought me over there for that very reason. If she were the only person that got saved. And folks, that was at a teen event. That was a youth ministry event. The entire village showed up. And a 91-year-old, a whole bunch of teenagers got saved, but a 91-year-old accepted Christ as her Savior. And I say to that, you can't experience that sitting here on autopilot at home. You can't experience it without getting out of our comfort zone and allowing the Holy Spirit of God to, to work in our hearts. Paul tells Timothy, he says, 1 Timothy chapter 4, do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given to you. See, what happens is, as God has stirred up that gift within us, he wants his Holy Spirit to utilize it in our life for the glory of God. Thirdly, consider the benefits of serving others. Look at verse 40 of our text. But Peter put them all aside, knelt down and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. I love that the chapter doesn't end there. It says, she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He, and, and he gave her his hand and he raised her up calling the, the saints and the widows to be, he presented her alive. You see what happens is, not only did Jesus Christ resurrect her, he breathed new life into her. You see, when we start utilizing our gifts within the new body of Christ, it breathes new life into the church. People begin to see the power of God on display through our lives and through our ministries. Consider that benefit of serving. You get to experience the power of God. You get to experience something so much bigger than ourselves. When we start serving, just like we did a couple of weeks ago in Kids Blast, you get to see so much more than what God does on an average Sunday in churches. People band together for the sake of the gospel to impact children in our city, in our community, with the gospel of Christ. Peter shows up and he raises Tabitha from the dead. And folks, it began to energize the people. People began to believe and place their faith and trust in Christ. I love what happens here. He says in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You see, 
The times that you and I think, you know what, Pastor David, I don't see any way possible I could accomplish that. I can't see myself going to Nicaragua. Steve told me that several years ago. He said, I don't know, I just, I don't know, I don't see myself doing that. Maybe one day, and I, I will never forget the, the year that we were planning a uh, uh, disaster relief trip, and, and Steve's from upstate New York. He says, we're taking a disaster relief mission trip to New York, actually New York City. <laughs> And probably not your favorite part, place to go in New York. And so Steve signs up, and he didn't need a passport until he got there and realized, I think we need a passport in this town. But they got up there, and they saw God at work. And you know what he said? He got back, he said, I- I'm getting my passport, and I'm going on that next mission trip overseas. And God began to stir his heart. He went to Nicaragua. He's been to India. He's been to Panama. He's been to countries all over the world. But what happens is when we step outside, you experience the power of God in supernatural ways. It's in our weakness that his strength is made powerful in us. I love that. It gets us out of our comfort zone. Say, Pastor, what's the application? Can I just say this morning, it's time to stop blaming and making excuses for why we can't do it. So, Pastor, we're living in a pandemic. I can't serve God right now. Are you breathing? Are you still alive? Do you have a pulse? Uh, God did not put everything on pause for a year and a half. No, he's still saving. He's still transforming lives. He's still radically changing and calling us to be a light in our city. So I'm not blaming it on COVID, but right now everybody has the excuse of why they can't do stuff. Can I just say, quit making excuses. Stop blaming all these things. And start claiming the power of God over what he can do and what he will do in our lives. God doesn't take a break from working in us. And he doesn't want us to take a break from serving him. Sometimes people uh, uh, speak of uh, what God did in the past. And they say, you know what, all those years of serving in VBS. Well, why is it 20 years ago? Serve in VBS today. Say, I used to do this or I used to do that. No. What are you doing? What's God doing in your work life this morning? What has he done in, in the last seven days? What has he done over the last year and a half during a pandemic? What has God taught you? How is he working in your heart and life this morning? By show of hands this morning, how many would say, when I serve other people, I feel better about myself? Put, put your hand up. So, Pastor, when I serve other people, when I'm investing, when I'm giving back, I feel better. I I get joy through serving, all right? Keep your hands up for just a second. I get joy when I serve. It brings me fulfillment, all right? So let me me take it a step further. If you believe it feels good, you experience joy, you get fulfillment, you experience the power of God, why are we not taking the next step in serving? Think about it. Why not? Take the next step. You know what would happen if every person in this room said, you know what, I'm going to take, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. We'd have to make more room on the stage for all the people who, you know what, I, I hadn't played the guitar in a while, but I can tighten those strings up and start dusting it off and, and, and playing it again. I've sung before. I'd love to sing again. I've, I've served in, in the past, and we're speaking in past tense. But what if... 
people started going up to Pastor Jack and said, so you know what, you need some help this week on the Glow Wars. I wasn't into the slime last week, but I can do uh, the, the black lights and the glow and all that stuff. I can help with that. I'll sign up to serve this Wednesday night, and I'll serve the following Wednesday night. And what happens is, as God begins to mobilize us, the kingdom of God expands through each one of us utilizing the gifts he's called. Text serve to that number. Allow us to contact you this week and say, hey, let me help you find the area of service that God has uniquely gifted you. Let's be a servant like Tabitha and allow the power of God to empower us to reach our city and the world with the gospel by serving in the local New Testament church, utilizing the gifts God has given. And then why not this morning endeavor to invite your one for next Sunday? We've all week, all month, or all year, we've been talking about who's your one. You, you get into the middle of the summer and people are traveling, and I know people are all over. I, I'm seeing pictures from uh, other countries, from you know all kinds of travels and vacations, and all those things are good. Vacations are great. We're taking a vacation in a couple of weeks before our kids go back to school. And I think that's important. But folks, why not? Plug in and begin investing in the lives of others. That person you've been talking about, maybe you invited them to Easter Sunday and they, they didn't come. Or maybe they did come. We were talking about yesterday. This is a person I'm praying for. I'm working on my next door neighbor. Invite them to come to church next Sunday. Pray that God would utilize and speak to their heart with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What could God do in the middle of the summer in, in, a, in a church here in Raleigh, North Carolina, if people are moving in all around us, he wants to use us for his glory. He wants us to impact our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, our family members with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you and I would just unite and say, I want the power of God to be utilized in my life. I want him to use the gift he has given me for his glory and step up to the plate. Let's allow God to use us mightily in exponential ways. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray this morning, God, you would, you would unite our hearts around the gospel. Lord, the power of the gospel that's available for every man, woman, boy, and girl. You sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to set us free from the bondage of sin. God, I pray this morning you would in challenge our hearts. We have such a responsibility and as Tabitha had a, a unique gift of being able to make clothes, she began to utilize that. And people all across the church, when she passed away, said, she, she made this for me. She invested in my well-being. She invested in my life. And, and ultimately, you brought her back from the dead. And, and she, she breathed new life into her life. And she began to continue using her gifts and abilities for the Lord. God, I pray you would challenge us this morning. She may have been a, a minor part because the first part of Acts chapter 9 is the story of Paul, Saul, and, and Paul in his conversion. And it's easy for that to overshadow the story of Tabitha and what she would do in her life. But God, I pray this morning you would encourage us to realize every man, every woman, every young person has gifts that God has uniquely gifted us with, and God, we step up and use them for your glory. The power of service is, is exciting to see when the church begins mo becomes mobilized 
to reach our city and the world with the gospel. Would you do a mighty work in our hearts this morning? As we sing this final song, God, would you seal the decision that we need to get plugged in serving within the local church in each of our hearts? God, may we leave this morning encouraged to get mission. We'll give you all the glory for what you're doing. Let's all stand to our feet.